0: Welcome to A Day of Prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me.
1: Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word.
2: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our morning Bible study with A Day of Prayer. We are so glad you could join us as we continue to discuss Second Samuel. Before we get into the word, who would like to volunteer to open us up in prayer? I would. I right, promise. Lord, I just welcome you inside of our morning Bible study and just show us your ways. New Jesus.
0: Amen. Amen. All right, so we are continuing in 2 Samuel, chapter 18, this morning. Can I get a volunteer to read from verse 19 through the end of the chapter, please? I will. All right, Layla.
2: Then
3: Ahima asked, the son of Zadok, said, let me run now and take the news to the king, how the Lord has avenged him of his enemies. And Job said to him, you shall not take the news this day, for you shall take the news another day. But today you shall take no news, because the king's son is dead. Then Joab said to the Cushite, Go, tell the king what you have seen. So the Cushite bowed himself to Joab and ran. And Ahimaaz the son of Zadok said again to Joab, But whatever happens, please let me also run after the Cushite. So Joab said, Why will you run, my son, since you have no news ready? But whatever happens, he said, Let me run. So he said to him, Run. Then Ahimaaz ran by the way of the plain, and outran the Cushite. Now David was sitting between the two gates, and the watchman went up to the roof over the gate to the wall, lifted his eyes, and looked, and there was a man running alone. Then the watchman cried out and told the king, and the king said, If he is alone, there is news in his mouth. And he came rapidly and drew near. Then the watchman saw another man running, and the watchman called to the gatekeeper and said, There is another man running alone. And the king said he also brings news so the watchman said i think the running of the first is like the running of ahimaaz the son of zadok and the king said he is a good man and comes with good news so ahimaaz called out and said to the king all is well then he bowed down with his face to the earth before the king and said blessed be the lord your god who has delivered up the men who raised their hand against my lord the king the king said is the young man absalom safe Ahimaaz answered, When Job sent the king's servant, and me your servant, I saw a great tumult, but I did not know what it was about. And the king said, Turn aside and stand here. So he turned aside and stood still. Just then the Cushite came, and the Cushite said, There is good news, my lord the king, for the lord has avenged you this day of all those who rose against you. And the king said to the Cushite, Is the young man Absalom safe? So the cushite answered, May the enemies of my lord the king and all who rise against you to do harm be like that young man. Then the king was deeply moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. And as he went he said thus, O my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, if only I had died in your place! O Absalom, my son, my son. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. What did the Holy Spirit reveals to you, and/or what questions do you have on that that part, that section of Scripture?
3: I still find it interesting that everybody likes to say the Lord has avenged you of your enemies this day. How so? Like they all try to throw that into the mix, as though to make it better. I'm like, uh, you. Still not being obedient, like when they were in the cave fighting song and said, The Lord has delivered your enemies into your hand this day with David. Uh, pretty sure it's Job that said that, or Abishai, one of those two. But they all like to throw that into the mix, especially if they've just done something they know they shouldn't have done. The Lord has avenged you. Something like what we do with our siblings. What I do with my siblings. Well, Kyla said, or trying to it off on somebody else instead of taking responsibility for something I did or said or took part in, per se. And how come Joab lied? Joab
1: lied
3: You shall not take the news this day for you shall take the news another day, but you shall take no news because the king's son is dead. But then he goes and tells the Cushite to go tell David the news of what he saw, and he knows that Absalom's dead, so why did Joab do that? Um,
0: okay, Kyle.:
4: I had the same
3: thought process, but
4: what I noticed was that Joab was trying to spare Ahimaaz's Ahima as Ahima is life and sending someone else, because up until this point, David was prone to moments of anger and suddenly killing the person when they brought news of his enemies being slain in such a manner. So he sent someone else, a foreigner. To go take the news because he was disposable mm-hmm. in Joab's eyes but if the priest died okay
0: that is an interesting perspective but mm-hmm. it does show the, the carnality the natural-minded perspective right yeah. human nature
1: usually david did that when they touched the lord's anointed that was usually the yes
0: um, i was gonna move the next thing oh i'm sorry yeah, no no, no ahead, you're, it's fine honey it, it's not entirely accurate, because typically when those events were reported, it was a person taking credit for a situation, an event claiming they had done this thing in ridding well, in this case, King David, the king of his enemies.
4: Well, I mean they and were. that
0: was met with a different response than just reporting events of what happened, because that's what messengers were and still are, four, right? It's different today than it was then, but you still needed someone to go report what's happening in the battle. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that way the king and the, the city, whatever it is, can be prepared.
4: Yes, but I mean with reference to who was supposed to be Saul's heir with Abner and how he was killed. He wasn't the Lord's anointed. Is bullshit?
1: But, yes. Um,
4: and how they just killed him and came back and brought news david
1: killed david. him because they killed him in his own bed right because yes. their
0: hand was responsible for the actions but he was still
1: the king right yes, yes david knew that he was supposed to be the king but that was for god to raise him up otherwise yes. these this ishbosheth should have been the king right yes so and not the Lord's anointed in the sense that David was, but still the Lord's anointed because he was allowed to sit on the throne. So yes. not for these people to treat him like um, garbage with no restraint and no yes. um, care and concern.
0: But Also, let's look at it a different way, right? Because Ahabaz didn't raise his hand. Right? That's not reported in here. Yes. However, and being a... Son of Zadok, one of the priests. It is also all right, and this is a reputable thing. Like this is throughout the entirety of the word, right? Uh, sons of Zadok are given a place of honor and ministry to the Lord in the holy of holies, and and all those other things, right? Yes. Okay, so in the temple itself, which denotes truth and honor and integrity and and all those those characteristics and attributes, the nature and character of the Lord. All right, so. Why would Joab not send him? Because, or I should say, is it more likely that if Preston asked about what happened and how it happened, that he would report those things?
1: In truth, in accuracy.
0: As opposed to someone else who may or may not have been in the vicinity and is just going to report what he's been told to say. Yes. What's up, sir?
2: So he knew all along, then why? how come he told David he didn't know? He just saw a great tone.
0: Because he was also a man of integrity. And he said, you're not to report. So he was upholding the instructions, the order, the the command that he was given. Mm -hmm. And did he lie? Not necessarily. He reported, all is well. Because all was well, right? They had squashed the rebellion. Now, the specifics of which came after.
1: And and he's a, a priest, so he may not have been right there in the spears plunging in, and you know, like in that being surrounded, but just knowing that he was dead on the, on the backside of it, who knows how much information he actually had to see or, you know what I mean? Even though he knew the outcome was that he was dead, but the ins and outs of what actually happened. Did he see that? Because as a priest, he should not have been right in there you know, in the, the circle of um, Joab's armor bearers or anything like that to see actually what happened, but just to see the outcome.
0: Um, and then, of course, there's the burial. There's right, all those things he would have been aware of. It's highly probable that he would have been aware of those things. <coughs> However, he still had a, mm-hmm. I'll say, a, uh, there's two duties and responsibilities. One is to, order, to obey the orders mm-hmm. given to him, and it was, mm-hmm. hey, you're not reporting today. You're going to allow this other person to report the news. So, he still has to follow orders. Now, yes, you can say, well, that's not right, because there's an an obligation uh, and a an, an responsibility to answer the king when he, when he inquires of you. What happened? Tell me what's going on. So, it puts him in a, I'll say, a difficult place. However... He was able to, uh, I'll say, be obedient to both. He did give the news and say all is well, because it, it was true. All right, David's side had was victorious. Yes. And, we, and something you pointed out, Layla. Yeah, the victory is the Lord's. It's always the Lord's. And not that the Lord was necessarily acting on Joab's behalf, but on David's. Right, the Lord still said, Hey, if you're following me, you're going to be king. If I ever have an heir to sit on the throne. Now, yep, that wasn't always pretty. There were times of falling away and returning to the Lord and repenting and right, which we all should do when we're we find ourselves in those places being those places being disobedient to the Lord. Return, come back, come back into alignment. But victory belongs to the Lord. So yes, the Lord did grant victory. Absolutely. It just doesn't always look like how we think it should look but we should be able to recognize that, acknowledge it which clearly you see that done by Job and the men hey the lord's given us victory but also why could they why did they say that because that's been the pattern that david's established during his time as a warrior he's always said the lord's the one that gave us victory
4: mm-hmm.
0: the lord's done this right always rightly attributing the victory to the lord you see that even with joe uh jonathan yes right it's like the lord gave into our hands okay so you see that um that pattern established where people are are able to recognize or maybe not recognize but at least state accurately hey the lord did this for us we didn't do it of ourselves Mm -hmm. but he empowered us he gave us this victory and as long as we're following the Lord, we can move from victory to victory. Is it always in warfare? No. Not in the, the physical sense of combat. But it's in the victories and warfare over the spiritual areas concerning every aspect of our life. So we should be able to recognize those things in our lives. And know that we didn't do it ourselves. Anything
4: else?
3: How come when David was crying for Aslan, why did he say,
1: if only I died in your place? Uh, That's a hard thing for parents to lose their children. (laughs) Even when that child is wicked. It's still an emotional time for them. It's still um, something that they would grieve over, even when they know the truth that their child was wicked and it was probably for the best, because who knows what other things they would have done to others or led them into, what other kind of sins it would have caused others to fall into. It's still, he's still a dad. At the end of the day, he's still a dad. And most parents have that feeling. Like, how how can this be right? You know, they're older than their child. Yeah. For their child to... Um, expire or pass away at a, an early age, when the Lord promised us long life, right? When we love him and set our affections upon us, he promises to satisfy us with long life and show us his salvation. So when a life is cut short of that, of course, it's it's deemed sad. Even if, you know, an outsider feels like good riddance, you know, they're washing their hands and like, phew, glad that's over. But for the parent, that's they came from their body, they birthed them, they cared for them you know i remember changing absalom's diapers and bouncing him on his knee and playing horsey with them and tag and you know throwing the the rock back and forth or you know they baseballs i don't know what they played (laughs) not that it was stone age i'm sure they had some kind of ball or something but i don't know what it would have been you know whatever fond memories he had of him as a child before he entered into this kind of wicked living that's what a parent would remember and it's it's okay for David to mourn. It's natural for him to go, that's my son. Man, Lord, that's rough. However, um, keeping it in perspective is also important. Yes, and,
0: and I'll bring this up too because uh, you, you do see in this also the nature and character of the Lord, as you, know, you just pointed out, honey, honey, about the, yes, even though Absalom clearly lived wickedly.
1: When he came into his manhood. Yep, his,
0: absolutely. So he, even though he, he came to a point, a place in life, where he chose to live a wicked life, mm-hmm. David still didn't want to see him perish. Right. Much in the same way, the Lord doesn't want to see anyone else perish. He wishes that none would perish, mm-hmm. or desires that none would perish. But we have a choice to make mm-hmm. in that. Right. There are lost, laws. And, you, and so you see the compassion here compassion of the Lord through David, not wanting to see, well, the end result of sin, which brings forth death, right, happen. Paul, the apostle, says something similar in the New Mm -hmm. Testament. He said, hey, I would die that, you know, in other words, he would die or give his life hoping that others would live and come back to the Lord and follow the Lord and, and move on and move forward. Or, or an attempt to cover their sin or whatever if, if it would work but it, that's not it because that was appointed for one time and for one only one to do and that's the lord jesus christ mm-hmm. he is the covering for all our sins for all the for everything
1: he blots them out
0: exactly yes yes
1: said if it covers it it might poke through if he just covered our sins it might poke through But no, he blotted them out. He obliterated them with his blood.
0: Exactly. They are no more. So they can't poke through. They are gone. That's right. And Jesus is the only one that could ever do that. So while we, right, we have to be aware of this, because that's the natural perspective. I wish that I could do something that would have produced a different result. Even to the extreme level here of, I'd exchange my life for theirs. Well... (laughs) It doesn't work Mm -hmm. because it's a choice they make.
1: Right. He desired that he, you know, be kind to him, give him a chance to repent. Right. Which is what God wants. He wants everyone to come to repentance and then be renewed to eternal life. Absolutely. But sometimes, and this is something that you have to understand as well. When humans get involved, you can't count on the outcome. You can count on what God says to you. Right? He's faithful because mm-hmm. he knows the end from the beginning. He knows everything that's going to happen, every choice and that's going to be made and how he'll intervene to deliver you. But when people live a, they choose to engage in unrighteousness and sinful behavior, and, and in particular to do wickedly, the outcome most certainly will be some form of death, whether it's to their future, whether it's to their finances, resources, relationships, Physical death, a separation from Jesus Christ, if they die in those sins, um, unrepented and unremoved um, and washed by the blood of Jesus. But Mr. Absalom didn't think that it would turn out like this for him. Like Sure, maybe there's a chance, but he thought for sure he'd live, right? He thought for sure he'd live to carry out these deeds that he was doing and because he got away with killing Amnon and, you know, he got away with burning Joab's fields, he got away with, but he didn't know that ultimately this course would require his life and in such a a violent way. I mean, he was violent towards his brother and having his servants kill him and he was, you know, disregarding towards Joab when he burned his field, like maybe there was somebody in the field, maybe, you know, that couldn't escape or, you know what I mean, was out enjoying the sunshine and yes. or a child or something of that nature. He had no care and concern for those things or even the taking of his dad's life, he had no concern for that, but it seemed pleasurable to him and pleasant to his eyes, but he didn't think, I might not have a chance to repent. I might not see the tomorrow, you know what I mean? Hopefully he did while he was dangling by his head, you know, and there by his head. Hopefully he spoke with the Lord, but... The outcome for for choosing that whether it's now or later be sure your sin will find you out Mm -hmm. so don't assume i'll have time or that a wicked path is going to take you anywhere good even if it looks like they live in a lap of luxury and they got all the money they want it does not matter doesn't matter or they're they're popular or well-known or everybody co-signs and agrees with what they're doing it doesn't matter because you still must see your maker Who is Jesus Christ? We still must stand before the judgment seat, right? Yes. Yes.
0: So keep that in mind. Absolutely. What else did anyone, did the Holy Spirit reveal to anyone about this section of Scripture? Do you know how old David is at this time? I want to say late 50s, close to 60. Because mm, okay. he'd been anointed for 40 years, right? That's We read a few chapters back how in the 40th year, it wasn't forty year of ruling, but 40th year of uh, being anointed. So it has been some time. How about David's response? In hearing the news, actually, how about just that whole piece where David hears the news?
1: What do you mean, honey? When Ahimaaz came to him, mm-hmm.
0: um, the whole area. I bring this up because we must be careful how we hear. Right, in David verse twenty-seven, the watchman tells David, "The running is out of Ahima, like Ahima Ahimaaz." son of Zadok, the king, that's David, says he's a good man he comes with good news. Right? Mm -hmm. He already had preconceived notions of what the news would be. Mm -hmm. So Ahimez, when you actually look at what he says, he said, Blessed be the Lord your God who has delivered up the men who raised their hand against Mm -hmm. my lord, the king. Mm -hmm. Technically, he told them the news. David didn't hear the message in there hmm. immediately. Right, just not long after, Ahimez is still there. That's why he says, "Hey, hold on, wait here." And then the Cushite comes, hmm. and then cool. he says more directly, "Right, may the enemies of my lord, the king, and all who rise against you to do harm, be like that young man." And then it finally sunk in. We must be careful on how we hear, to accurately hear what the Lord is telling us. Not going with preconceived notions or what we think it's gonna be. Right? Because clearly in here, he, he wanted Absalom to just be captured. Right? You you can you can almost feel that, right? That was also in the instructions hey, treat him gently. In other words, capture him. Don't kill him. But that's not what happened. And I'm sure, as we talked about yesterday even, deep down he knew that was going to be the case. However, he was still hoping that wasn't the case. And clearly he did not want to hear that, that Absalom had been killed.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, when the term has delivered, I mean, they could have been into captivity, you know. But sure, he believed on the better end of that,
0: right? Instead of just accurately hearing,
1: listening to the me, message, the Holy Spirit was trying to was conveying
0: exactly. And I say that will the Lord tell us a second time? Maybe, yep. If we're if we ask Him, all right. You see that even with Samson's parents, with the angel of the Lord, all right, he he had already told them how to raise Samson, the mother, and then at
1: least she passed the message.
0: Yes. But they were already told. Mm-hmm. And then they said, "Hey, can you tell us again?" Right? They they specifically asked to to hear the message again so that they could do everything that was required of them. Yes. Okay. But here's the thing. It shouldn't Excuse me. It shouldn't take us or the Lord, us a second time to hear what the Lord's saying. I'm not saying there won't be cases and circumstances. However, it comes down to a, let's get all our flesh out of the way,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. right? Our flesh should should never be so in the way that we can't hear what the Lord is telling us Mm -hmm. to say and to do, to actually in leading us. All right, that's how Jesus lived his life. That's, That's what he describes as the fast in Isaiah 58. This is not the fast I would choose, right? To do all these things. It's not just about the giving up of food, or temporarily giving up food, or or things that we find pleasurable or satisfying. But it's living a fasted life, which is the purpose of a fast, is to get our flesh under control so that we can accurately hear, accurately and clearly hear, what the Lord is telling us. So then we can go do it. And then... With Isaiah 58, if you look at Isaiah 61, and Isaiah 58 is verse 6 through the end of the chapter, and Isaiah 61 is literally the entirety of the chapter, that is how the Lord uses, where the Lord goes to define and describe His ministry, which is, if you look at those, they all but mirror each other. They are almost identical. Yet the wording might be a little different, But at the core, they're talking about the exact same thing. So it's not just about fasting and, like I said, the temporarily giving up of things that we desire or our flesh desires that we find pleasurable. But it's about living a fasted life, a life that is under control and submission to the Lord Jesus Christ so we can accurately and clearly hear what he's telling us and then go do the things that he has told us to do and say so that we can have the results that Jesus had. It is that type of life and lifestyle that's required for us to live. Right? Because Jesus is our pattern and example, and that's how he lived his life. Much in the same way we should live our lives. That exact same way. Now yes, David clearly was still dealing with some stuff here. But these things are written so that we may learn, so we may know, so we may understand. And just like we have been talking, right? When you observe your siblings making mistakes or things that right, create pain or difficulty or whatever in their life, we can either repeat them or we can learn from, their op- from observing what happened and we can change our attitudes, behaviors, mindsets, bringing, submitting the flesh, Bringing it under control, buffeting it, in order to carry out all that the Lord has for us to do. Yes. So that he may be glorified. So I just want to point that out. Because it's important. It's extremely important. I remember being <laughs> at a place and, and there was a, a, a prophet. And he, he's made the. Someone made the. He brought a, a word of the Lord, and someone made the comment about how they'd received that that word twelve times in the past. Mm-hmm. And, and the man said, "You know, he had to catch himself. It was it was like everything in him was screwing with him. Why haven't you done it? What was the point of hearing the word to then?" Not act upon it. Not do what the Lord has instructed you to do. Right? Yes. Not take it to heart. Not, not meditate on it. Not bring it before the Lord. I know you're telling me this. All right, explain it to me in greater detail. Teach me. Show me your ways in this. Yes. So I bring that up as a, for, this is an important lesson for all of us. And how we should conduct ourselves in our lives. Okay. Yes. Anyone have anything else they want to share about this section of scripture?
4: No.
0: Okay. All right. Well, let's let's pause there for today. All right. Who will close us out in prayer? I will. All right. Promise.
2: Lord, I just thank you for. Giving us a chance and everything in, explaining your word to us so that we can do things your way. In the name of Jesus, amen.
0: Amen. Well, we love you, and we, we love you when we're praying for each and every one of you, mm-hmm. right? Whether we know you in your name or not, the Lord knows you. So we're keeping you lifted up. We love you with all the love of God and pray that you have a wonderful and blessed day. God bless you.
2: Bye.
1: Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog,